0: Hello, everybody. I'm Ian Abernethy, and welcome to this edition of the podcast. Uh, A bit different this podcast because this is a radio show from uh, Radio Anatolia, which is a radio station based in Los Angeles. One of their DJs, uh, uh, Terrell, who I know well from my seminars in Germany, uh, Terrell invited me on the show to discuss uh, my mental strength book and some of the topics covered in that. So, you know, goal setting, dealing with negative thoughts, uh, positive thinking, all that you know, good and important stuff, and also my choice in music from the seventies, eighties. 90s as well. So I accept that not everyone's tasting music will be the same as mine and uh, I have the radio station's uh, permission obviously to put this out and obviously they have the permission to use the music but what I've done is I've uh, faded the music in and out just to be 100% sure on the copyright side of things and just to make sure that you don't have to listen to my music if it's not your thing uh, I really did enjoy doing this one Terrell was a great host I think we got to some uh, good important topics I think he ensured the conversation was light and entertaining uh, I think I, I really can say this has been one of my favorite podcasts, I think. And I'm really grateful uh, to Terrell and uh, you know the people at Radio Anatolia in Los Angeles for allowing me to put it out uh, in this feed. So, yep, lots of good stuff coming too. I've also got my uh, conversation with Stefan Kesting, which you may have heard on his podcast. Uh, I've got a conversation with Wim Demir coming very soon. I've got the uh, podcast on the law coming. Uh, I've got some, uh, a conversation with uh, Donnie Abel on keeping our bodies fit and active for martial arts training a uh, conversation with Mike Turbitt on teaching children uh, some great stuff coming down the line so uh, I, you know lots to come on the podcast front uh, but for now you know I, I really did enjoy this one so uh, here's um, the show from Radio Anatolia with Terrell uh, looking at mental strength and my choice in music To You're listening to Troussis nostalgia program. Radio Anatolia from LA. You're listening to Terosis nostalgia program. Radio Anatolia from LA. Be prepared. Hang on to your
1: seats. Hello, Insensei. sensei Hello to you from Germany. Welcome to my program. I'm honored to have you here today.
0: It's a real pleasure, Chirel, I hope that the listeners enjoy it. Thank you very much for allowing me to come on and uh, to share this time with uh, you and your listeners.
1: You are welcome. I'm honored to have you in my program. By the way, dear listeners, my guest is in England right now. I am in Germany. We are connected by the beauty of the technology. Recorded for you in advance, 10-15 years ago, Wouldn't it be able to do an interview like this one? Sensei, I know you've done a lot of interviews and a lot of great podcasts sharing your knowledge with Karate cars. Today I would like my listeners to hear different side of Ian Avenatti. Rather than talking only about Karate. I would like people to see your thinker side, writer side. And also, I would like to focus to one of your book and talk about this very interesting and fantastic book. Because people don't have to be karateka to read and enjoy this book. This book for everyone, not just for karatekas, it's about strengthening, conditioning the mind and achieving our goals. Because we all need mental strength in our life. Is that okay with you to focus on this
0: subject? Absolutely. I welcome the opportunity. Uh, the Mental Strength book, I think that was published in 2005. Uh, and as you see, it's, it's not a martial arts book. It's, it's aimed at uh, everyone, although it does draw heavily on the lessons that we learn from within the martial arts. Uh, Gichin Funakoshi, one of the great uh, karate masters of the past, who was really responsible for karate spreading to the the rest of the world from Japan. Uh, He said, you know, that we should find ways to enact the principles of karate in our everyday life. And that's essentially what that book's uh, book's about, about uh, challenging ourselves, pushing ourselves uh, outside the comfort zone, but by just the right amount. So we're not pushing ourselves into situations that we find overly stressful. It's just stressful enough to uh, to encourage growth in, in, in talents and, and, and resilience. And I think this is one of these things, I think it's a process that everybody recognises. I think if people think back to anything they've been successful in or anything that's gone well for them, uh, it's largely through following this process of just stepping outside what you can already do uh, by a small amount. So we're not kind of throwing ourselves into a position where we're being overwhelmed so we're stepping outside the comfort zone into what i call the zone of development it's that that perfect sweet spot where we're not quite comfortable but we're not overwhelmed either and of course given time in that zone what happens is we adapt to it physically mentally technically in terms of talent whatever it is we happen to be we adapt to it and of course when we've done that we've expanded our comfort zone and we're ready to move on so that that's essentially what that uh, that book is all about
1: Mm -hmm. my wife karen and i loved reading mental strength that's why I would like to focus to this great book today. It really told us how deeply you looked in condition in our mind, achieving our goals and our mental strength in your mental strength book, you are saying, "Is misplacing your keys really worth getting angry about? Will your anger do anything to help you find your keys? will screaming at your crashed computer help you to fix it it can certainly feel good to blow off a little steam but then again your reaction may very well make the situation worse fantastic is everyone's problem could you tell us more about this point please
0: there's an old samurai saying that uh, the angry man defeats himself in life as well as in battle so we try through our martial arts training to make sure that we're not uh, being slaves to our emotions, but we can use them effectively. You know that they are there to serve a purpose. So, for example, if I was facing a, a life-threatening situation and that adrenaline hits, that that adrenaline and all the emotions that go with it are useful. You know, it won't feel nice, and it'll try and get me away from the situation, and I, and I might get it, you know, a bit aggressive, which will help me deal with the problem at hand. Now, so that those emotions can be appropriate in some circumstances. I mean, that's why they're there. But they can also be inappropriate in other circumstances, because, as you say, I, I getting angry may help me, you know, fend off an attacker. It will not help me find my keys, <laughs> <laughs> and it will not help me fix my computer either. So what we, we we try and do is is when we feel these emotions, we try and insert that that gap. We you know we we kind of we we don't let the emotions control us. We we, we listen to them and we observe them, but we don't feel compelled to act upon them. And, and being able to, to to do that, it really does kind of strengthen you. It really does help you in your your day-to-day life. And I want to be clear to the listeners, I'm not saying I'm someone who's mastered this because anyone who lives around me will tell me that I'm not. I'm the guy who'll, you know, where the hell are my car keys? I'm I'm that guy. I do that as much as everybody else. But but I know on the occasions where I'm able to go, (sighs) And just insert that gap it, it, it creates a really useful skill it creates a control over over our emotions so therefore you know i, I when there's certain things in life that i might want to do uh i am able to listen to the emotion but i don't feel compelled to act upon it so so for example you know when i first i uh, left my job to become a full-time martial arts instructor you know that, that there's this fear associated with that and when you start writing and you're putting your ideas out there and you know as soon as you do that that you're going to be criticized so there's a fear associated with that too so and that stops a lot of people they just listen to these emotions and go okay you know i'm i'm, I'm not going to do it the, the emotion has spoken yeah but but if you're able to just kind of listen to it you know see if it's got anything sensible to say respect it, but then act on what you know is best for you, not letting the emotion be in control. Uh, that's a very useful thing. It's a very useful thing, I think. I and mean, I don't know if this will work for listeners, but one of the analogies I always like to think of my, my inner workings as kind of been like a, a castle, like an old-style medieval courtyard. So you want the king or the queen on the throne. Right? Yeah. And they will listen to their advisors, they'll listen to the watchmen, they'll listen to the soldiers, they'll listen to everybody, they'll listen to the people. But they'll ultimately decide, okay, this is what we're going to do. Now, if you had the watchman in, in charge all of a sudden, well, he only cares about his role, or, you know, if you've got the farmer all of a sudden in control. What the king needs to do, it needs to listen to all of them and make the sensible decision. So sometimes the watchman, you know, is saying, there's this, there's this worry, we've got to act on this, we've got to act on this. And then the, what the king will do is, I'll listen to you but I'll decide whether that's the plan we're going to go forth on or not. So, sometimes, you know, when we're hard on those things, when we're getting, you know, angry or fearful or something like that, it's generally because the king's not in the throne anymore. Someone else has taken over. Mm-hmm. And although these yeah. emotions and feelings are very well meaning, they can often be misplaced. So, yeah, that would be something I would aspire. I think we all need to try and do is, you know, the, our emotions are good and they are useful and they can be life enhancing and life serving, but we, we don't need to uh, follow their every whim. We need to listen to what they've got to say, and then we, as the, the kings of our own destiny, if you like, then we decide decide uh, which path we're going to, to take forward. And as you say, getting angry won't help you find your keys. <laughs> so the king should listen. Okay, anger, I, under, I hear the frustration. You know, it would be good if we could find our keys, but we're going to take a deep breath, we're going to relax, and that will help us find them. You know? And that's the kind of thing I, that, uh, yeah, we want to be aspiring to do in our day-to-day lives.
1: Also, another fantastic point in the book is negative thoughts encourage weakness. They are therefore weak in nature. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear a bit more from you about what you mean there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's very important to be mindful of our own thoughts and be aware if we're self-sabotaging because, you know, a lot of people do do this. So with negative thinking, it's often regarded as somehow being more realistic than positive thoughts. And I think that that's a trap that people fall into. So, oh, yeah, no, it's I don't want to think positive because it's just not realistic, is it? You know, there's that kind of mindset. Yeah. Uh, what people often fail to realize is whatever your thoughts are, they are going to largely determine what your reality ends up being as well. Um, so, for example, you know, if, if I'm looking for my dream job and I've negatively decided that I'll never have it anyway. So in my thoughts, I just go, you know, I'm never going to get that job. I'm just not capable of it. That job's not for the likes of me. So when I'm thinking that way, I'm very unlikely to try and get the qualifications, I'm very unlikely to try and get the experience, I'm very unlikely to kind of apply for those kind of jobs or put myself in the situations where I can uh, get the skills and attributes required to get that kind of job, and therefore I don't get the job. So there you go, oh, see, I knew I I was right to think I'd never get it, because look, I've never got it. Well, of course, it works the other way around too, you know, so... well, the negative thoughts can make you uh, weaker and make you less successful, um, and somehow people regard that as being realistic. Well, positive thoughts can be realistic as well. Because if you believe you can get the job, mm-hmm. then you're far more likely to, okay, I need the qualifications then. So you'll work hard at getting them, and you'll, you'll put yourself in positions where you can gain the experience, and you'll be around the right people, and you'll apply for the jobs, And therefore, you're more likely to get the job. So when you get the job, you go, oh, there, there we go, that positive thought was realistic. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is, is, is most people's negative thoughts uh, help create their reality and they go oh therefore negative thinking is more realistic because it's the reality i'm living well positive thoughts work the same way too i think as well with the positive thoughts probably need to define that a little bit because sometimes it gets very wishy-washy and people oh, if i just believe it everything will work out wonderful you know like you know i'll just tell the universe what i want and it'll give me everything i want and it doesn't work that way either you know i always say you you've got pessimism which is you know just i can't do this i'm no good you want to avoid that and then you've got false optimism, which is I don't need to do anything; I just need to believe everything will work out wonderful. Nothing negative will happen to me if I just believe. If, if, if something negative does happen, it's because I haven't believed enough. You know that that's bad too. And as you know, in the mental strength book, you know, completely avoid that. You know, I'd like to think it's a fairly You know, uh, grounded book. Because what we really want is true optimism. Whereas, you know, we know, we know we're going to have hardships along the way. We know we're going to have difficulties. We know it's going to be stressful. We know it's going to be uncomfortable. We know we're going to fail from time to time. But, but, but we're determined to succeed. So we go, you know, okay, I'm going to learn from every single failure. I'm going to use that. We're not, we're not blindly just kind of pushing uh, pushing onwards and, and, and ignoring the, the reality of things. You know, if something doesn't work, why didn't it work? How, how can I learn from this? How can I improve it? It's that kind of optimism uh, we want because it, it, it's a very powerful way of, 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 of thinking. And it, it makes us grow. So we can think of it if you relate it to physical strength. Anything that makes you bigger and stronger, we would say, was like anabolic. It makes you bigger and stronger. Well, positive things thinking will, will will do that. True positive thinking. It will make you feel more confident and more capable and it'll make you more able. And you'll get these little successes as well. So you, you think positive in a little way and then you do something and you get a success from it. And then you go, right, that worked. And it becomes the way that you think, and it makes you a more powerful person. Converse of that is negative thinking, which is catabolic, it destroys us, it weakens us. So we think negatively and we get a negative consequence. We go, see, yep, that's the way it is, you know? And that starts a, a like a spiral off as well. So yeah, very important to be mindful of what we're thinking and, and try and think in a way that will help us grow, make us stronger, rather than letting our thoughts uh, run riot and, in a way that will make us uh, uh, weaker because you know our, our thoughts become our habits our habits become our actions our actions become you know they have consequences and that becomes our life you know so mm-hmm. um, of course you know it, it, we can it's not just it's not just about having the positive thought and everything working out wonderfully as well you know there are things that are beyond our control you can do everything right and something bad can happen to you but again a true optimist will go right okay that was nothing to do with me that that hit me from left field that, but what can i do to learn from that what can i do to grow from that how can i turn this negative into a positive uh, that uh, people when they think like that it makes them very difficult to stop they become very powerful people
1: sensei before we continue our chat would be nice to play one song now could you choose a song for us please anything you like but has to be from 70s 80s or 90s because my music format is the program is nostalgia what shall we play now
0: Yeah, so you're talking my era there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the song I'll pick is Shine by Rollins Band. So I think that was on the album Weight, W E E I G H T. you know, the kind of weight you lift, uh, which came out in 1994, I think. Uh, so, this is it's not one of the, the more well known songs off that album. It's, it's a good album, but this song I particularly really like because uh, it relates a lot to the kind of things we've been talking about, you know, that, that the, the mental strength idea uh, delivered in the typical uh, Henry Rollins fashion. So, yeah, it's a lovely song, great song. So, uh, A Shine by Rollins Band.
1: Coming straight away for you.
0: from LA it's to Today's guest Ian Abanaki-sensei
1: Okay, let's go back to your great book mental strength you mentioned about intentions in our life in the book i really like them could you also share with our listeners what do you mean when you say without intention there can be no growth our intentions become our thoughts and our thoughts become our action could you go into a bit more about this point please
0: our intentions or our intent are essentially the goals that we set for ourselves. And the key thing is to have, uh, as I say in the book, is an intense intent. You know, to be firmly committed towards that goal. You know, it's very powerful, that. Because what happens uh, for most people, of course, is you've got choices to make. We all do. You know, we've all got choices to make. And if your intention is weak, you will probably not make the right choices that will lead to the result that you say you want for yourself. So to give an example everyone can relate to, if your intention is to lose weight, so you know you want to get fitter, you want to get healthier, you want to lose a you know lose a few pounds, lose a little bit of extra weight. If you are fully committed to that, you have an intense intent. You you are firmly committed to doing that. When the choice arrives, you know, do I have the temporary pleasure of eating this chocolate bar, which will stop me from losing weight, or do I forego that pleasure? With the aim of losing weight, it is the intensity of your intention that will determine which way you'll flop on that. So you get some people, you know, I've put on a bit of weight. I want to lose weight, Uh, but they don't really want to lose weight. You know, well, they they may, they may want to lose weight, but they also want to eat the junk food as well. And unfortunately, we can't have it both ways. So when it comes to that choice, do I eat the junk food or do I lose weight? It's the intensity of your intention that determines which way you'll go. So for some people to go, well, I want to lose weight, but not that much. You know, I still want to enjoy the this McDonald's and I still want to enjoy this you know thick chocolatey milkshake as well you know and if that's your choice you know good on you but you, you can't make that choice and then expect to lose weight afterwards so I, I think that it's a key thing it really is a key thing is if, if you want something there will be a cost associated with it there always is so if you want to be fit and healthy well you're not going to be able to eat junk you're not going to be able to drink what you want and eat what you want it's just not the way it works mm-hmm. so if you're fully committed to, to losing weight and, and being as healthy as possible Um, You can achieve that, you know, you you can achieve that, but it will mean that you have to forego certain things and it is the intensity of your intention that will determine uh, whether you'll make the right decisions or the wrong decisions. And, you know, you consistently make decisions going in a certain direction. It's inevitable you uh, reap the consequences of that. So the first time you turn down a chocolate bar, you don't suddenly become slim and have a six pack. But, but, but if you do that uh, you know, again and again and again and again, then you're eating a healthier diet and the results of that will, will, will show. So if you can think in the longer term, you know, forego the immediate gratification of the chocolate bar for the long-term gain of losing weight and your intention is strong enough to ensure that you, you don't fall for these, uh, the, the temporary pleasures, then you will get the results you, you, that you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Having an intense intention is very, very important. If you're serious about ch- achieving your goal, you know, whatever that goal happens to be.
1: Also we clearly have to be careful what we take in our thoughts, but when negative thoughts appear, how should we deal with them? What do you think?
0: Yes, yeah, so negative thoughts aren't entirely negative. You know, in extreme, uh, life-threatening situations, uh, fear uh, is a good thing. You know, its its job is to keep you alive. It, it it primes the body for fight or flight, and very importantly, it feels horrible. You know, it'd be no good if fear felt good because we would go and put ourselves in dangerous situations. We'd go and prod that saber toothed tiger with a stick <laughs> <laughs> because we want we want that feeling. You know, the fact that fear feels bad. Uh, is is you know is a, is a positive thing. So 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 that extreme end those those uh, negative feelings those unpleasant feelings are, are life preserving. They're very useful. But on a day to day basis, most of them aren't triggered by life threatening events. We have a, a stone age survival mechanism that we're using in the modern world and it's triggered by things it shouldn't be triggered by you know so for example let's say you were asked to speak in public for, for most people that would be a scary thing but but it's not life threatening but your body responds as if it is you know the adrenaline hits and the fear hits and that negative thoughts you know get out of here get out of here you don't want to do this now if you're facing a life threatening situation that stuff is important but if you're applying for a job interview or asking that person you find attractive out on a date or you're asking for a raise or you're starting a new course or a new hobby, you still have these these fear feelings, but but they're not appropriate. So in most situations today, when we do feel fear, it's it's because we're about to do something impressive. It's because we're about to step outside the comfort zone and try something new, something that will benefit us. So the first thing is, you know, we need to differentiate between uh, is this a negative feeling or thought? Is, is it valid? Is, is it valid? Do I need to act upon it? And, and, and of course, it will tell you that you do. You know, that's the, the watchman's job. If we go back to the castle analogy, the, the, you know, the kingdom analogy, the watchman will say, you must act on this. You must act on this. But it's ultimately up to the king or queen whether they do or not so they need to listen and go yeah okay that's not a real threat you know I, I, it's not going to be a massive problem if that girl says no it's not going to be a massive problem if my boss says I can't have a raise it's not going to be a, you know at the end of the world if my business idea fails you know th- these 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 inappropriate uh, feelings of, of fear these negative feelings yeah. uh, we need to kind of be observant of those and then just step into them and feel it you know marinating it because it, 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 it it. it'll pass fear is always temporary once you realise you know oh you know it's overreacted again it quickly subsides you know the best way to get rid of fear is actually to step into fear yeah um, and, and and moving in that direction seeing where the fear is and then deciding to yourself well is that legitimate or not and often there's not it's not and then taking that careful measured step into that fear that's where the growth is you know so yeah so that remember thing is you'll listen to the negative thoughts uh, hear them decide if they've got true validity or not and and of course they'll always tell you that they do, but it's up to you to decide whether they truly do or not. And then stepping into that fear—that—that's if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're feeling a little bit nervous. You know, that's often a good sign that you know you're where you want to be, that you're doing something impressive, and that you're advancing yourself and your situation. So, so yeah, there's some you know, basics on on dealing with the, the negativity.
1: Shall we play another song now?
0: So I'm a big fan of punk music. I, I like the energy of it, the intensity of it. It's great to train to. And overall, I like the message of it as well, which is, you know, don't accept any limitations from yourself or from anyone else. You know, you live life on your terms and you live the life that you want to live. And there's a great song that kind of captures that 1995 by, you know, the great band The Ramones. There's a song called I Don't Want to Grow Up which I really love. It's a song about a, a child's viewpoint of adult life <laughs> and how this child wants nothing to do with it. And of course, we don't have to. We don't, don't have to uh, live that life. Uh, it always makes me smile as well because uh, there's a line that says, I don't want my hair to fall out. Well, for me, that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of the song uh, still holds true even though you know I'm fast approaching 50. Yeah, So yeah, I really like this song. I don't want to grow up by the Ramones. When I'm lying in my feet, I don't wanna do sister.
1: Dear listeners, we carry on with our conversation with thinker, writer and karate master, dear Ian Abanati. Sensei, we train with you, we follow your podcasts, participate to your seminars and we know how positive person you are. I also saw that positivity in your book. For example, you say in your book, having a positive mindset, does not mean ignoring any problems or diluting ourselves. Being positive is acknowledging any problems in an objective way and then taking positive steps to address those problems. If you find your talent lacking, take positive steps to learn from the experience and therefore increase your talent. This way you will advance and your talent will not be found wanting on future occasions. What another great way of looking at life. I'd love to hear more about this from you.
0: Yes, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You've got uh, pessimism, which is when people are always negative. You've got uh, false optimism, when people are always trying to be positive but in such a way that they deny the realities of life. You know, bad things can happen to good people, and not everything in life is within our control. Um, but what we try and do as a true optimist is we try and make the best uh, possible choices, the best possible actions on the parts of life that we can control, and, and ultimately that tends to lead to a, you know a, a, a better a better existence. But again, it's, it's not about denying that there are difficulties. It's not about denying there are hardships. It's about uh, approaching them with a, a positive mindset, and then you know if anything does happen, what can we learn from it? So I think that the martial arts are probably a nice analogy for this as well. So. Uh, the first time people start sparring, they're not instantly Bruce Lee. They're not instantly able to, you know, de- defeat all comers with ease. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. So you start sparring, and then you realise, oh, I got hit there, or I didn't land that technique there. You're you're you able to identify shortcomings in in your own game. Now, a negative thinker would go, well, I knew I wasn't good at this. Yeah. And a false optimist would go, oh, I just need to think more positively, and and I'll somehow magically get better. It's not good either what a true optimist does is they go right okay that didn't quite work out as planned that guy kept landing that hook punch every time he threw it so what I need to work on now is learning to spot that hook punch coming and how do I cover and defend against that hook punch and and through that practice then you know he develops his skills so he uses the what some would see as a a negative thing a failure getting hit by the hook punch They, they use that as a signpost for where their game can be improved their talent can be improved and of course when it's corrected that vulnerability no longer exists and that's the thing a, a true positive thinker doesn't doesn't regard uh things happening to be you know wholly negative it's okay that it would be nice if it worked out it didn't work out but this is wonderful i have an opportunity to to learn from it you know with the right mindset everything's a gift you've just got to find you know the way in which you can make that into a, a positive experience whether it's about increasing your resilience or, or your skill or identifying a you know shortfall in talent which you can then correct you know if we've got the right mindset you know nothing's truly negative
1: Shall we play another song again?
0: Yeah, one of my all-time favourite bands, uh, Social Distortion. They've been running a long time and all of the music's great, love it. Uh, in nineteen ninety-six they did their white light, white heat, white trash album, which is brilliant. And there's a song on that called Down on the World Again. So it's not a particularly positive song. It's about, you know, feeling angry, feeling a sense of injustice, feeling lonely and isolated. But it's very energetic. It's very powerful. Now, I love training to this song. I love lifting weights to it and and, and, and hitting the bag to it. And, and I think um sometimes, you know, when life does throw these kind of problems at us sometimes just that that will defiance you know that that this will not beat me I I will not let this change me you know I will I will will use the the the, the anger the injustice whatever those negative feelings are and I will use them to fuel positive constructive action you know so it's a yeah it's a great song this you know if if you want to if you had a bad day and you just want to blow off some steam yeah this is this is a great song to do that too
1: Your book really has a potential to change people's lives. How do you feel about that? Did you think that when you were writing?
0: I hope so. That's, that's certainly the intent. On a you know day-to-day basis, I, I try and do that. You know, if I can share a smile with somebody or a joke, or you know, give someone a kind word or a word of encouragement, you know, make them feel slightly better than they would have done otherwise. I think that's an important thing to do. You know, and I hope that's a, like the legacy that I leave. Really, you know, that the world was a slightly better place for having had me in it. And also, you know, I think that we're all interconnected, so we can all do our little part to just sculpt the world and the, the culture. You know, our actions have ripple effects. So, you know, you make someone slightly happier, they make someone slightly happier, you know, it, it all helps. And the same is conversely true as well. You know, if you make somebody miserable, then there's a good chance they'll go on and make someone else miserable as well. So um, I know the kind of world I want to live in, and so I want to do my small part to contribute towards that. So I hope the book was part of that and I hope it helped people. I've certainly had emails from people saying it helped them, you know, pursue some ambitions and more importantly even from people who've said, you know, that they've had a difficult time and they've found some words of comfort in the book. So, yeah, I hope so. That's certainly the intent.
1: Some of my friends and I follow you regularly. We try to participate to your seminars when you come to Germany. Year after year, we see the same enthusiasm on Ian Abernathy. sympathetic, full of energy, He's got always room and time for you in his heart. He also gets great pleasure from those training sections himself. (laughs) How do you keep that power going and flame burning, thought shining? Of course, tells us a lot about your positive personality, but how do you do that? i like to hear from you.
0: Well, I just really enjoy it. <laughs> I always say the great thing about the seminars is I spend time with my tribe. <laughs> These are people who are passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about. You know, They like martial arts as much as I do. And the seminars are a bit self-selecting as well. So for people who, are, you know, karate is just something that they do, they don't attend seminars. I always say it's the nuttiest of the karate nuts that come to seminars. So I just love spending time with the, those people. So, uh, obviously, that that shows, you know, I have a good time while I'm there. Hopefully, they have a good time when they're there. It's, it's a fantastic way to be able to spend a, a weekend, you know. So, I'm glad that comes across because I, I really do enjoy it. You know, sometimes, you know, the traveling can be hard and sometimes, you know, you're fighting jet lag and long travels and very little sleep. But uh, as soon as I start teaching every time, I absolutely love it. Really, really do uh, enjoy spending time with, uh, with, with with people who share my passion, so that, that's all it is really. Yeah, I just enjoy what I do and I'm glad that comes across.
1: My daughter Holly has a question for you. She asked me, Daddy, could you ask Ian Sensei about his hobbies, please? What are your hobbies?
0: <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. Uh, the main hobby, obviously, is the karate. I, I'm lucky enough that I've made my hobby into my profession. And it's true what they say, you know, if you find something you love and you can do that for a living, then you'll never work another day in your life. That's certainly how it feels like for me. You know, it's, It can be hard work and it's not without its challenges but I really do enjoy it. So the karate is, is one. Uh, weightlifting, always enjoyed weightlifting since when I was about 16 years old. So I still enjoy lifting weights now. I just really enjoy the the challenge of that and the intensity of it. Uh, reading, absolutely love to read. I'm not a big fiction reader. Uh, it tends to be non-fiction books. I, I tend to find myself interested in a, in a topic and then I'll read book after book after book on that topic until I think okay I've got a handle on this uh, the subject matter then I'll move on to the next one and music of course really enjoy music as I mentioned you're a big fan of, of, of punk music so I enjoy uh, listening to music often do that while I'm training as well you know never so much the karate but the, the support training I, I, I like to you know listen to music when I'm uh, weightlifting and on the rowing machine and, and that, that kind of stuff so yeah that would be the main ones you know karate weightlifting reading uh, and music would be the main ones
1: what do you do in your free time
0: main thing i like to do in my downtime is just spend time with the family just uh, play with uh, with evelyn and uh, spend time with becky yeah, and just enjoy uh, enjoy family life
1: what makes ian avenetti angry or happy in his life
0: Oh, there's loads that makes me happy, you know, I like uh, like it's talking about, reading, listening to music, spending time with the family, uh, teaching, spending time with good people, training, all of that stuff makes me smile. Um, I live in a beautiful part of the world as well, so sometimes I'll just like, you know, sitting on the top of the, the local hill, just watching the mountains in the distance, that makes me happy. In terms of things that make me angry, I think the, the main one would have to be when people don't judge people as people when they decide that, you know, I don't like you because you're a given nationality or from a certain social class or, you know, you've got a certain colour or a certain sexual orientation whatever happens to be, you know, they'll pick one characteristic of a person and then decide that they hate that person on the basis of that or they can make a judgement on that person on the basis of that I think it's just, it's mean and it's stupid and I really, really don't like it I think, you know, there's good and bad people all over the world of all religions of all colors nationalities it, it just you know get to know people as people before i decide whether i uh, i want to spend my time in the company of that person or not so yes that makes me it does it gets me on two fronts because one it's mean and two it's stupid <laughs> and then neither of those two things sit well with me
1: let's play another song shall we who did you choose this time
0: yeah we'll have, we'll have something a little bit more melodic a little bit easier on the ear and also this is a show all about nostalgia, so let's have some proper nostalgia. Uh, we'll have Baggy Trousers by Madness. So this is a song, I think it came out in like 1980, 1981, something like that, about uh, going to school in England during the 1970s. And as someone who went to school in England during the 1970s, this song really speaks to me, and everyone else <laughs> who went to school in England in the 1970s. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it evokes a lot of memories for me. I, I was also I was in the uh, low performers group for music at school, so our music teacher, in an attempt to try and engage us, had said, "Look, you tell me which songs you like, and I'll t- show you how to play them." You know, as, as a group, as a class. So uh, Baggy Trousers was one of the ones we all wanted to learn to play. And he obligingly taught us how to do it on all the various instruments and stuff. And I could play part of the piano part. So I, had, uh, I played one end of the piano and my mate played the other end of the piano.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so whenever I hear this, it invokes a lot of uh, strong memories about my, you know, my early childhood and my time at school. So, so yeah, Baggy Trousers by Madness. See nasty schools said master's breaking all
1: Nostalgia with Sorel suit. Dear Insensei, my last question comes to you. Do you know the cliche and classic question people ask time to time to one another? If you were stranded on an island, what three things would you take with you? I have changed and twisted that question this way. If you were stranded on an island, what three things wouldn't you take with you? Basically, what would you leave behind
0: well that's a good one so I think, yeah negative people i think i'd leave them behind people who are uh, angry hate-filled constantly cr- uh, criticizing others i'd rather be around uh, positive optimistic people you know can do attitude caring people so yeah leave negative people behind take the positive ones with me uh social media probably leave that behind too it might be surprising because i'm so active on it i think it can be great for sharing information uh, the downside of it, is, of, of course, is uh, when it comes to people sharing the, the lives, naturally people share the good stuff. Nobody's crying their eyes out and asking the friend to take a picture of them. <laughs> so as a result, uh, when you see you know, Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, it seems like everyone's having a wonderful time. And of course, we know that's not true, but I can understand how for uh, vulnerable people... It may seem that um, yeah everyone else is having a great time, but you. So I'm not convinced that's you know a great thing for society. I think the other thing is, we, as we know, social media is bad for helping the spread of misinformation. People tend to take whatever they see on Facebook as fact, so you know we, we lose a little bit of objectivity and we develop these little echo chambers where people just talk to themselves. So yeah, get rid of social media. Get people to actually interact a bit more in the real world. You know get people to understand that you know life isn't always happy and smiley and it's okay to feel down every now and again and to make you know maybe our understanding of the world a little bit more objective too and a totally personal one i'd probably get rid of dance music can't stand it although that might just be a generational thing right you know every generation looks on the music of their youth as being the ultimate form of music and the music of the subsequent youth is uh, substandard do you think we're the first generation where our music can be seen to be more rebellious than the music of the, the subsequent generation as well. So, you know, my grandparents were shocked by Elvis and the Rolling Stones. And to my parents, that was normal. And, of course, when I sat listening to punk and people of my gen- parents' generation find that shocking. And then, you know, the generation under me are now listening to dance music and I just don't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's have uh, no more negative people, no more social media and no more dance music for this Social experiment that is this this uh, this new island, yeah. It might <laughs> it might be a new utopia or a living hell, but they're the three things I'd uh, I think I'd leave behind off the off the top of my head.
1: Great answers.
0: For the last
1: song, what shall we play?
0: So I asked Becky to choose the the last one. Uh, our musical tastes are very different, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they do cross over at certain points. So we, we both enjoy uh, ACDC. So, my uh, auntie bought me my first ACDC album when I was a kid and really, really liked it. Um, so, uh, the one that Becky has chosen is Back in Black by ACDC. I'd say classic, can't beat it. Strong one to finish on.
1: Dear Ian Sensei, thank you very much for being my guest today. I'm honored to have you in my program. That was a lovely program with your great thoughts and great music choice.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun, Tyrell. I hope that the listeners enjoy it and thanks once again for inviting me on. I enjoyed that lot. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Pleasure is mine. Dear listeners, today I tried to show you a great man, very successful thinker, writer and amazing sportsman, karate and self-defense master, Sevendan Ian Avenatti. He was our guest from England in our program. Please check up his website, YouTube channels, listen his podcasts. Believe me, you will enjoy it. And you may even start considering joining a karate club after visiting Ian Aveneti sites. <laughs> if you are not already a karate car yourself, ianabernetti.co.uk I spell it for you I-A-I-N A-B E-R N-E-T-H Y.co.uk This is Ian Sensei's website and also you can find his YouTube channel Ian Abernetti or Ian Abernetti Bunkai. When you write in the search, I guarantee you you will find lot of material and videos from Ian Abernathy in YouTube. You will enjoy his seminars and you will learn quite a lot about self-defense. I hope you enjoyed my program. That's it for now. Unfortunately, our time is over. Ian Abernathy said he had great time with my program and he had fun. Let's finish the program with madness House of Fun, for Iona Benetti. <laughs> See you in another day, in another program, have a lovely week. Auf Wiedersehen, Tschüss from Deutschland. <laughs>